Dextros. My name is MC Maltos. Welcome to a particularly tooth rotting edition of Project Moonbase entitled Sugar, Sugar, Sugar. Mm. Very sweet uh, edition of the show this week, uh, with every track having a connection of some kind, tenuous or otherwise, to the world of sweets and sugars. And we were thinking maybe we also ought to do a companion piece at some point of the world of savoury items. Yes, and then we got into the thing, well, shouldn't savoury be before sweet? But then we've got sweet playlisted, we haven't got savoury. And I pointed out, like anything else, have a nap. Then that's, <laughs> that's fine. Right. That you resets the clock, doesn't reset. it? Reset. Yeah. You know, because you're always having sweet after savoury, aren't you? <laughs> in a way, yes. In a way, but, you know, there's a, a decent amount of time <laughs> is the important thing. If you're just, uh, if you're just going back and forth between sweet and savoury as if it didn't matter, then you're clearly a beast. <laughs> and you don't belong amongst our listenership. A- among civilised men. <laughs> So it's all sugar. It's all sugar, yes. And well, and candies of various kinds, yes, which will uh, will come to you in due course. Uh, well, including a track specially created for this very edition of the show. Yeah, so it's a little exclusive there coming out later on in the show. In between all of these very sweet tracks, though, we do have MC Mortos and his unnecessary news. That's right. This week, welcome to the hell of tigers, wolves, and other beasts. <laughs> Rawr. All made entirely of sugar this week. Um, we're going to start by playing a bit of ex- psychploitation, I think they attempt to call it, in that it was, I think, originally... Surely that should be psychploitation. Psychploitation. Uh, as it was originally, I think, recorded by a bunch of uh, session musicians, probably, under the operating under the bu- brilliant name, though, of The Electric Tomorrow. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> And uh, this is a track of theirs from Mind Expanders Volume 3, I found this on, and it, you'll, this will ring bells if you're fans of 90s grunge music. That's a very similar riff in this to a very well-known uh, tune. This is The Electric Tomorrow with uh, Sugar Cube.
That was Claude Donjon there with a track, obviously a cover version of Sugar Sugar mm. from the album simply titled Moog. Yes. Exclamation point. The first of two uh, Moog albums that Claude Donjon made. That was recorded in 1969. He made it his own. And before that, The Electric Tomorrow with a track called Sugar Cube from an album called Mind Expanders Volume 3. Yes. I had a touch of the teen spirit to it. I wonder if that was an uh, inspiration to Nirvana. Did it? Yeah, I thought so. You're listening to a delicious edition of Project Moonbase, a weekly show that you can download from our website, more details of which shortly. But if you want to find out when the next show is available, one of the best ways to do that is to simply follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash projectmoonbase. And of course, you can also use that method to communicate with us and read our thoughts and feelings during the week. Uh, but if you want to find out more about the music and the news stories, please visit our website. Yes, head on over to projectmoonbase.com to find everything you need to know about the show and how to contact us. You'll see a list of all the tracks we play and links to where you can find them on Amazon and iTunes. And while you're on iTunes, please subscribe, review and click five stars. Project Moonbase is a listener-supported show. That's you, dear listener, we're talking about. If you're thinking of making a purchase on Amazon, please go to our website and click on the Amazon affiliate button in the top right-hand corner of the page. It uh, doesn't cost you anything. It's entirely anonymous and it keeps us in toothbraces. Thanks to everybody for listening and recommending us to your friends. And if you enjoy the show, you can make a tiny but perfectly formed monthly donation. Under each episode of the show posted on projectmoonbase.com, you will see three buttons. Mm. Choose wisely. (laughs) One of them leads to your imminent death. The other to our infinite approbation. (laughs) Yes. So from as little as a pound, you can help support the show. Help this nonsense keep going. It helps atone from your sins, because as we all know, DJ Bongo Boy is also the space pope, and he's he's very forgiving. For as little as a pound, he'll forgive you of almost anything, won't he? If you're going to bump up to a fiver, then, well, Mm, you know. We've got a very open mind. You can have a a sack full of sin, and he'll be, (laughs) you know, he'll wipe that slate clean for you. So just bear that in mind. Uh, Now, I believe the name of this character was inspired by a candy. In, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's yes, a famous candy. That's right, a very famous candy. From the, the classic, the children's classic, mm. uh, miserable, slightly, uh, <laughs> well, I don't know. So he leads a terrible life, doesn't he, really, this character? <laughs> so it's weird that he ever really got on TV. Of course, I speak of Charlie mm. Brown and the uh, character, the important character of Peppermint Patty. Yes. And this is, this is a track called Peppermint Patty from Vince Guaraldi. The well-mustachioed. Vince Guaraldi. And beard, occasionally. Mm, He's a slightly sinister man in a minute, in some ways. I mean, you know, I don't know, not talking about his personal habits, but he certainly appeared sinister. But he did make a delightfully amusing soundtrack, which I think accounts for the popularity of of Charlie Brown, almost, I would say. Because children love jazz, it's a well-known fact. (laughs) (laughs) All children love jazz and folk music, (laughs) but mostly jazz. And, uh, yeah, so this is Peppermint Patty by Vince Guaraldi.
Oh Good Grief, that was uh, Vince Groundy from the album of that title with the theme for Peppermint Patty. That's right, sir. <laughs> That's what we've discovered, isn't it? She, she wore green, yes. hence peppermint. Mm-hmm. She always called people sir. She liked calling people sir. I like it when people call me sir. Showing <laughs> some deference. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Tug your forelock. <laughs> know you're better. All that sort of stuff. I mean, I'm not really better than that many people, clearly, but um, theoretically, it's it's civilization in action, isn't it? When it people is. pretend to be polite, pretend to be polite. Yeah, that's the basis so, of Western civilization. Subservience, civilization, subservience <laughs> equals civilization. Normal sweetie service will be resumed shortly, dear listener. But first, it's time for us to queue up at the tuck shop of unnecessary news. Amazon customers review a UFO detector. Yes. <laughs> Ever get the feeling that uh, you might be being probed by aliens while asleep? Mm. I know I do. Amazon has a solution, the UFO detector. The UFO detector made by Images SI Inc. continually monitors its surrounding area for any magnetic and electromagnetic anomalies using a magnometer interface with a microcontroller. The description says, More than one-third of Americans believe in UFOs and one in ten Americans believe that they have seen a UFO according to a study by National Geographic Channel. UFO sightings are reported all over the planet by thousands of people. There are a small percentage of sightings that can't be explained by any known aircraft or natural phenomenon. It is these small percentages of UFO sightings that create an exciting possibility. Over the years, real UFO sightings have reported simultaneous electromagnetic disturbances. The UFO detector is designed to sense these electromagnetic disturbances and signal their detection flashing 16 LEDs simultaneously <laughs> and beeping. <laughs> wow. The elegantly designed transparent plastic case is a handsome sculptured conversation piece <laughs> that allows one to see the electronics inside the case suitable for display on desk shelf or bedroom dresser. And the conversation would go something like this. <laughs> what is that handsome sculptured conversation piece? It is a UFO detector. Goodbye forever. <laughs> Uh, there is, there's more than a hundred reviews on the site, like uh, like this one. R.J. Reed reports the little gizmo is a bargain at twice the price and much more accurate than the voices in my head. <laughs> and this amazing device gives ample warning and is highly accurate. I had a pretty good idea when there was an abnormal activity in my area, but now, damn, every time I notice that distorted sensory emissions bang, the detector is going off. Woot, woot, woot. <laughs> Somebody else complains that I don't know if this is a scam or mine is broken, but it doesn't work, and I'm still getting abducted by aliens on a regular basis. <laughs> and if you want to get yourself one of these, she goes to projectmoonbase.com and you can buy one through our Amazon link. <laughs> you can. We'll make sure there's a link. It is actually quite handsome. In other news, Britney Spears is uh, fighting pirates. Real pirates, oh. not, uh, not pretend oh, internet okay. pirates, yeah. you know, the real thing. Oh. Do they still have eye patches? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I just think they do. I do as well. And a wooden a, leg. A wooden leg and a, and a peg leg. Yeah. Keep up tradition. <laughs> Ships fighting to keep pirates away as they sail through the Horn of Africa are blasting the pop star's tunes to keep them at bay. Second officer Rachel from Aberfoyle in Scotland. Hmm. Oh. Said her songs have been chosen by the security team accompanying our tankers because they thought the pirates would hate them the most. <laughs> These guys can't stand Western culture or music, making Britney's hits perfect. The most effective tunes are her earlier hits. <laughs> Hit Me Baby One More Time and Oops I Did It Again. The kidnapping of crews by pirates 
It's a lucrative business, as they demand millions in ransom for the safe release of hostages and their ships. Since 2011, 76 kidnappings out of 176 attempts have been successful. Authorities would like to see this number reduced. The music is played by a security ship that follows the vessels carrying the cargo. First the pirates are warned to stop approaching, and then they are hit with a solid dose of Britney Spears. The speakers can be aimed solely at the pirates so as not to disturb the crew, <laughs> explained Rachel. <laughs> They're so effective, the ship's security rarely needs to resort to firing guns. As soon as the pirates get a blast of Britney, they move on as quickly as they can, covering their ears and shouting, please do not hit me one more time. <laughs> Fact. <laughs> this makes Britney Spears a sort of hero in a way, doesn't she? She's does. saving lives. She's protecting the innocent. She's annoying pirates. <laughs> She's going to get medals and stuff, I'm sure. I hope so. It's very expensive to maintain that level of glossy hair, the volume. <laughs> I don't know. How, how does she do it? I don't know. Probably with probably with pirate money. <laughs> hmm? Do you think there's a coincidence? Do you think yeah. there's some kind of significant? There's some kind of pay for play. Could be pirate pay for that's, play. That's I don't know. North Korea and its way with extreme insults. The uncle of North Korean leader Kim Jong-un recently was executed for treason and he was officially denounced as despicable human scum <laughs> by uh, North Korean media. I quite enjoyed the almost uh, innumerable selection of charges that uh, Kim Jong-un had up against Chang Song Chak. Apparently at some party conference, I think, he was spotted clapping half-heartedly. Yeah. Well, it's amazing he lasted this long, isn't it, really? <laughs> Poor old uncle, Chak. At a military trial, Chang Song Thak admitted to trying to overthrow the state and was executed immediately, according to state news agency KCNA. Despicable human scum Jang, who was worse than a dog, perpetrated thrice-cursed acts of treachery and betrayal of such profound trust and warmest paternal love shown by the party and the leader for him, a statement by the agency said. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they call journalistic integrity right there, isn't it? Yes. Kim Jong-un also recently put one of his previous girlfriends in front of a firing squad. I think, coincidentally, she was also a traitorous running dog. I mean, we've all thought it would be convenient to put a previous partner in front of a firing squad. Just because you can doesn't make it right. No. Owen Miller of the School of Oriental and African Studies in London describes the language as a particular dialect of bureaucraties beloved of the North Korean ruling classes, which is exactly what you would expect this psychopathological gangster, imperialist, political dwarf and capitalist running dog to say. <laughs> we will mercilessly crush you with the weapon of single-hearted unity, Owen Miller, and a Merry Christmas. <laughs> you have been used. Zach. Thank you, Mrs. Cunningham. Thank you, sir. For that extremely dictatorial selection of news stories, <laughs> you more later on in the show. Uh, now, it's been a bit too long, I think, since we heard from uh, the great vocalist Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> really? Yes. We had, we had, we've had a fair fill of Shatner recently, but I think it's time to uh, 
you know, push the balance back a bit. Well, you know. there is there is a sort of international directive, is there not, regarding the Nimoy Shatner balance? <laughs> there is. You have to keep you keep it nice and even. Um, and rather delightfully for this show, I discovered that uh, on uh, his album The Two Sides of Leonard Nimoy from 1968, there's a track on there called Cotton Candy. Now, there's a few things to say about this. Firstly, this album was, I think, the second album in which he does like one side in the character of, of Spock and then the other side as Leonard Nimoy, essentially conducting a kind of internal dialogue. So just one between. one side that people care about <laughs> and the other side that people just like, uh, you're the guy but, that does Spock. But interestingly enough, this is from the Leonard Nimoy side, but it's written by like, one of the cameramen from Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, um, the other thing I should say about this, uh, we we do love one of the reasons I love Leonard Nimoy is his uh, interesting relationship with the conventional musical scale. But this mm. track is alarmingly he's out, he manages to hold the tune alarmingly well. Is, so is there any you, tension? There? I, sh- <laughs> I should warn you if you're in case you're expecting some really terrible singing. It's actually it's actually not too bad. This next track, I'm a little bit disappointed. <laughs> There's a, the odd moment. The odd moment is in the little free song. There is still a bit of free song. Good, good. So yes, yeah, so this is uh, Leonard Nimoy with uh, Cotton Candy. Cotton candy on a summer day Green grass on a hillside Could they turn my love around Could they bring her back to my side She walked to him and turned my mind All the roads leading outside Unkind, intertwined and blind Can love help to bring her inside? In limbo, silent sounds. The pendulum has swung to his side. Confetti teardrops, marshmallow crowns might bring her back to my side. If I could have my loved one by my side. Her. I'd sing to her Cotton candy on a summer day Green grass on a hillside Could they turn my love around Could they bring her back to my side
That was the frankly terrifying sound of German polka specialist Hans Steinkopf with a, a track called Gummi Polka. Gummy, of course, being the German for, well, rubber, but in this case, uh, kind of jelly rubber, as in gummy bear. Yeah, exactly. Before that, the incomparable vocalisations of Leonard Nimoy <laughs> with cotton candy. Yes. Disappointingly tuneful. Although, as you were, as you, the, the kind of expression on your face, Emerson kind of revealed that it's, it's all relative, really, isn't it? It's, it's relatively close to the tune, but still not quite there. Well, it's, it's not so much, it's not so much, tu- I don't know about the tune. It's more the key. It's more, it's more flatness. It's the general wavering off, off the key. He's consistent, but in the wrong place. I mean, bless him. Who doesn't? Re- Leonard Nimoy has a fantastic speaking voice. <laughs> doesn't he? One which we would all... Like. I mean, you mm. could convince people of almost anything with <laughs> Leonard Nimoy's speaking voice, couldn't you? <laughs> I'm sure he has. I mean, the gravitas. <laughs> he could make you invest in any kind of crazy mine in Argentina or mm. anything, you know, gold mining on the moon. Yes. But I don't think singing is his forte. I'm sorry, Leonard. <laughs> he probably doesn't do it anymore anyway, does he? He's too busy reading out his poetry. That's right. And then Hans Steinkopf, mm. the enigma. The, 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 the internet enigma. Yes, there's not a much, there isn't much information about Mr. Herr Steinkopf out there. He seems to have only released one album, which that was Carnival on the Rhine. Uh, we don't even quite know when it was recorded, but there's a copy on eBay on vinyl if you'd like to own it. It looks handsome. I mean, we only came uh, we only came to it because you know I, was, I just put gummy into yeah. uh, Spotify and this came up <laughs> and and terrified me <laughs> because it's polka, but then it seems to have a slightly threatening quality to There's it. Those terrifying kind of noises that uh, that uh, pop up from time to time that are really very alarming. I enjoyed it though. I yes, like so did be, I, yeah. I, sli- I like to be slightly terrified by a German occasionally, mm. and then we put him back in his box. I wonder if he he gets much airplay. Mm. We may have just, uh, by playing that track, we might have, you know, ensured another another happy year's income for Einstein <laughs> Cop. Hans, if you are listening, say hello. <laughs> or if you are working for the Hans Steinkopf estate, hmm. say hi. Please don't sue us. Don't sue us. I mean, we're giving you airplay. This is publicity. Some people, honestly. <laughs> uh, now, as I have mentioned before, mentioned many times, it, I always one of the things I love about a theme is it, it uh, throws up some interesting new discoveries for us here at the show. What, like Hans Steinkopf? Like Hans Steinkopf, exactly. Gummy Polka, <laughs> for example. Indeed. And there's, in fact, there's more in this very show. We'll be coming to that. But I was particularly delighted to discover what I think might be uh, Brazil's answer to wing. Oh, wait a minute. Or possibly uh, Margarita Pracatan, who is uh, the Cuban equivalent of this oh, okay. artist. This is a Brazilian singer called Sonia Rocha, who has released a number of albums, self-released a number of albums. Uh-oh. <laughs> and as a result, partly as a result, is another enigma, actually. I was struggling to find. She doesn't seem to have a website or a, a label as such. But again, she has a number of albums you can get on Spotify, and most of the tracks seem to be uh, composed by her very good self. Very good. And very different themes. She's done, for example, she's done a whole album of songs about Leonardo da Vinci. I thought you were going to say Leonardo DiCaprio then. <laughs> I don't know how I would have that felt. Might, that might have been even better, actually. Mm. Maybe she's working up to that. So with cotton wool buds in hand, <laughs> I would recommend a listener. Uh, this uh, Appropriately f- uh, for us, this is a track called Paul de Açucar, which is the Portuguese for Sugarloaf Mountain, which so I thought was a tenuous connection, but uh, we're going to squeeze it in. From her 2012 album, Samba, Sonia Rocha.
vejo no mar Se chego pelo mar E encontro a me esperar Monumento natural Sensacional Estou subindo De bondinho No pão de açúcar Abro os meus braços Pro Rio de Janeiro Sonia Roca with Pau de Asuka. Powerful oh. stuff. <laughs> hey, that is powerful stuff, isn't it? Sonia. 
a perfect singing partner, I think, for the Grand Leonard, didn't we? Interesting you should say that. Yeah, they should get together. <laughs> There's a lot of gusto, isn't there? There's <laughs> a lot of gusto, a lot of wind coming mm. off Sonia. Yeah, with She's a touch so... of the, I think a touch of the John Shuttleworth on the keyboards. De- well. Yes, there, there really was. <laughs> I think he'd be a good vocal partner as well, wouldn't he? <laughs> he would bring a sort of gentle wisdom. He would. Which he, which he, <laughs> he does. Would. She would bring the, the fire and brimstone. Mm. I think it's an A for effort, isn't it? For Sonia? <laughs> a for effort. That's what we like at the Slightly moment. lower marking on the actual musical yeah. excellence, but yes. nevertheless, mm-hmm. A for effort. I, I, I kind of quite enjoyed that, yeah. although it was painful. I think, uh, I think if I'd had a few... If I was at a wedding, that's, that's <laughs> wedding singing, isn't it? It, it is, At its yeah. best, that's really. A, that's when Auntie Sonia comes on. That's when you, you might find yourself weeping at the end of that. <laughs> it's a, a mixture of... <laughs> For all the wrong reasons. For all the wrong reasons. We, I think we may have to we may have to tentatively dip our toes into more of the work of uh, Sonia Rocca and see what else she's been up to. Well, we've got now. I think we can add her to our roster of of awesome female vocalists. Yes, that's right. Maybe maybe it might be time to do a show another, of uh, all ladies again. Another diva show. Yeah. Um, now uh, we couldn't really have a show about uh, Sugar without playing a track from the I guess the. Show. A sugar concept album, really. This is uh, the, the very well. In fact, we played a track from this duo very recently, Cluster, from an album they released in 1974 called Zucker which is Sugar Time. And there's a couple of several tracks in there which have a, a sugary connection, one kind or another, as you might expect. And we're going to play the delightfully Hailu Mergia esque. If you remember that Ethiopian oh. uh, keyboard player we played recently, a very similar style here. I wonder if he was listening to Cluster in Ethiopia. <laughs> who, knows? who knows who came first? Uh, This is Cluster with Marzipan. Thank you. 
And that was, of course, Cluster with their uh, track Marzipan from mm. the album Zuckerzeit. <laughs> Delightful. It was. Twinkly. It was twinkly little bit. Magical. It was. <laughs> See, not all Germans are terrible. <laughs> no. This was a, this, do you think, I'd like to think that he was on a, in Ethiopia in a hammock <laughs> where he, he heard. Listening to some Kraut Rock. Listen, yeah. <laughs> Delightful stuff. Been. Yeah, it could have been. Very nice. There's definitely a similarity there. You are listening to Sugar, 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 a terribly sweet edition of uh, the show this week, and uh, we will be returning to more, including that exclusive track we told you about at the top of the show very shortly, dear listener. But first, it's time for us to drink deeply from the chocolatey lake of unnecessary news. South Korea is going to build an invisible skyscraper. (laughs) While burgeoning cities across the globe ostentatiously display their glitzy skyscrapers from Dubai to Kuala Lumpur, Incheon has something else in mind, putting a 450-metre-high building into stealth mode. (laughs) Sneaky. According to California-based CDS Architects, the South Korean government approved this fall the construction of City Tower, unofficially called Tower Infinity, a skyscraper that uses LEDs to project the image of the sky from behind it. As captured by cameras on the other side, the result is no less amazing, a structure that seemingly disappears from the skyline. Critics argue its location 18 miles west of Seoul, but just a few miles east of Korea's busiest airport, (laughs) raises concerns about flight safety. Hmm, Not unreasonable. However, Korea Land and Housing Corporation downplayed any risks the spectacle might pose in the Korean skies. Really? We're going to build a huge building. You won't be able to see it. What can possibly go wrong? (laughs) It's a great idea. After all, the building will not be completely invisible, apparently. So (laughs) You'll definitely know it's there once you accidentally fly into it. (laughs) Sports. We've got some sports. Oh. Crystal Palace. (laughs) What? That's football. I'm feeling a bit dizzy. Don't worry. Crystal Palace, it swerves violently to, uh, to the left in a moment. Crystal Palace to stay up. Aliens tell Bromley woman, <laughs> who used to be Joan of Arc. <laughs> of course. Mm. A Bromley spiritual leader who claims she used to be Joan of Arc says aliens told her that Crystal Palace will stay up in the Premier League. <laughs> Stephanie Cohen is in constant communication with extraterrestrial races, including greys, cat people, and half-reptile, half-alien reptiles. That's 50% aliens and 50% alien reptiles. <laughs> The 52-year-old says the aliens have taken a special interest in Earth and regularly travel across <laughs> space from their home in Canis Major. Greys, who previously passed on advice for Arsenal boss Ersen Wenger, have reassured her that struggling palace will steer clear of relegation this season. She said they are being positive. Pulis has got a good work ethic. His forte is defensive. They need a good team spirit, a good work ethic, and good defensive tactics from the manager. If they stick to it, they will stay up. Miss Cohen of Durham Avenue says these space people have also shown her memories from her previous life, in which she was French folk heroine and Roman Catholic saint Joan of Arc. 
She said, I asked the spirit to show me, and they showed me being dragged with a giant big metal pole. They were dragging me towards a fire. They were going to burn me. I was absolutely in pieces. Oh, well, you would be, wouldn't you? <laughs> I was really in a panic because I didn't want to feel the fire burning my body. Hmm. <laughs> Thanks for breaking it down. When I was on fire, I suddenly saw a space open up in my mind. Oh. I walked through that door. Well, that's handy, isn't it? <laughs> a space opened up in your mind. Yeah, I walked through the mind door. <laughs> Presumably on the other side of that brain door was Bromley. <laughs> I know it seems far-fetched, but ask yourself, if you are a French folk heroine and a Roman Catholic saint, Joan of Arc, and you're in pieces because you're about to be burned alive, do you get burned alive or go through a spirit door to Bromley? The largest of the 32 London boroughs. Is that Charles Darwin I see? H.G. Wells? Look over there! Thomas Crapper, inventing of the flushing loo. Just a little flight of fancy. Yeah, I like it. I know where I'd go. Bromley, the most seductive of the London boroughs. The baby named Cheese has increased in popularity 450% last year. The uh, number of newborns in the USA given the name Cheese, that's Cheese, has increased 450% during 2013. Now, admit it. Now, do you think this had anything to do with the fact that people thought the world was going to end? And it really, <laughs> nobody was going to have to grow up with the name Cheese. Oh, cheese yeah. seems funny for year one, doesn't it? If it lasted longer than that, it's not, uh, it's not quite as amusing. There may not be many cheeses to begin with. There were only nine cheeses reported in a survey of 500,000 parents previously. And for that, we should be grateful. But as a Dan Amir of New York magazine asserts, the correct number of babies who should be named Cheese is zero. <laughs> yes. Or at Re least if you're going to go down that road, you know, be a bit more correct, just a fraction more creative. Santa it? Girl. Yeah. Maybe. Camembert. Danish Blue. <laughs> just Red Leicester. <laughs> Spelled L-E-S-T-E-R, of course. Yeah. What other famous cheeses are there that we could... Gorgonzola. Oh, that's a great name for a child. Hey, Gorgonzola! Your teeth, ready? Uh, or George, for sure. But people do do call their kids Brie. <laughs> That's oh. right, yeah. Brie. Mm. Normally spelt B-R-E-E, -E, I think. But, uh, yes. Well, it sounds like a cheese. It does sound very cheesy. Cheese! You have been used. Thank you, Mr. Canium. Thank you, sir. For a cholesterol-rich selection of news stories, there'll be more next week's show. I'd like to end with some descriptions of, to me, one of the most beautiful things in life, and that is lovely, strong, athletic, freckled, if possible, ginger-haired girls. And this is a description of the licorice fields at Pontefract, which may or may not be pronounced Humphrey in Yorkshire. I must just tell you a thing about this before I get on to the poem, and that is licorice is apparently the root of some sort of bush, and it's grown, to my great surprise, I find in Yorkshire, which I thought was rather a cold place for it to be grown, and uh, I wrote to the town clerk of the town of Pontefract, where it is grown, and he told me that it was still grown there, and gave me the names of some uh, growers, and I wrote to them about how it was grown, and I found out that it was a little bush with some flowers, which appeared, I think, in August, 
and they found it very hard to get people to work the licorice route now. And Pontefract in Yorkshire is in a sort of semi-industrial district and it's a town with factory chimneys and red brick houses and old bits in the middle of it and I imagine on the outskirts these fields of licorice and I imagined a beautiful girl with ginger hair there on a Sunday when everything is quiet and nobody is even pulling the licorice root. It's called the licorice fields at Pontefract. In the licorice fields at Pontefract, my love and I did meet, and many a burdened licorice bush was blooming round our feet. Red hair she had, and golden skin, her sulky lips were shaped for sin, her sturdy legs were flannel slacked, the strongest legs in Pontefract. The light and dangling licorice flowers gave off the sweetest smells, from various black Victorian towers, the Sunday evening bells came pealing over dales and hills and tanneries and silent mills and lowly streets where country stops and little shuttered corner shops. She cast her blazing eyes on me and plucked a licorice leaf. I was her captive slave and she my red-haired robber chief. Oh, love! For love I could not speak, it left me winded, wilting, weak, and held in brown arms, strong and bare, and wound with flaming ropes of hair. That was an exclusive um, uh, recorded especially for this very edition of this very show, and that was the great Sir John Betjeman working alongside MF Doom and an enigma called MC Bertie Bassett, whose identity we will not reveal at this early stage. For various legal reasons. <laughs> various legal reasons. His lawyers. And but that, a project that, we Indeed. A setting, of course, of uh, Sir John's uh, licorice field at uh, Pumfret, as he thinks it might be pronounced. This is this obviously hails from the years before the internet where you could just find out facts. <laughs> he was just clearly astonished to discover that licorice was some was, sort of uh, some sort of bush that was grown in the north of England. <laughs> Indeed. And they recently brought back licorice in the north of England. Did they? Um, oh. yeah. It hasn't been grown for a while. I think in fact I think Bertie himself imports his from Spain mostly. Oh. But oh, I think dear. somebody, I saw a, a news programme not that long ago, some farmer putting some bushes, some mm. sort of licorice bushes Very back. Probably, probably probably planted by red-haired gals. <laughs> their gals. Fle- their freckles. Now we have a, a multi-million selling superstar of the 1940s who, until this week, I have to say I hadn't heard of. <laughs> you speak of Vaughan Munro, old, old leather lungs. Old leather tonsils, yeah. <laughs> or old leather lungs, depending on your preference. Yes, indeed. A colossally famous person who hosted a show for about 50 years. Called The Camel Caravan, um, which sadly burned down in 1980. But yes, he had uh, many huge hits. And in fact, uh, he's recently appeared in uh, the Die Hard uh, franchise. His version of Let It Snow was used in Die Hard and Die Hard 2, apparently. Yeah. And so this is a this is a lovely track of him, a bit by him. And you'll see, he's got a he's got an amazing voice. He has. You can see why it was quite popular. Mm. I'm amazed the children now, the kid. We, this is this is a, our attempt to reintroduce this colossus of <laughs> American music back 
Yes. And I'm sure the kids will enjoy this particularly. Uh, this particular track is called The Butterscotch Mop from an album called Racing with the Moon, an anthology 1940 to 1956. This is Vaughan Munro. <laughs> was on a broad, bright, moonlight night, and Billy Bob, she took me to a hop. Oh, how the pipers swing a thing, and Billy Bob, they call it the butterscotch mop. You do a whirl and twirl your kilt, around your knees you flip one hip and stop. You gotta keep your kilt from dragging in the breeze when you do the butterscotch mop. Oughta hear John Peel on a beat-up horn Oughta hear John Peel playing Highland corn You don't know how your heart can throb Till you've been kissed in Billy Bob So if you dig a chick from Clockamora With a rumba number, you're a flop Oh, but the chick you dig will Just adore you if you're doing the butterscotch mop Can throb till you've been kissed in Billy Bob. So if you dig a chick from Clockamora with a rumba number, you're a flop. Oh, but the chick you dig will just adore you if you're doing the butterscotch mop. Oh, but the chick you dig will just adore you if you're doing the butterscotch mop. Oh, but the chick you dig will just adore you if you're doing the butterscotch mop. Smooth. <laughs> it's the kind of voice you could sort of curl up in front of and sort of, you know, be warmed by, isn't it? It's lovely. It is. It's like, it, well... It, it's like the uh, the vocal of butterscotch. It is. Comforting. It's lovely. Right in every way. <laughs> this man, I mean, he could, again, he should have been president or something. <laughs> that, well, as you say, a bit like Leonard Dimore, he, you know, you, you could you could trust, I imagine, anything that Vaughan Munro said. He had that kind Anything of, he sung. Any- God knows what his speaking voice was like. Hi, <laughs> yeah. man. Maybe just some awful scratching. Hi, <laughs> me. It's, you know, sounds like some kind of goblin when he's uh, when he's not singing. No, Vaughan, no. no. And I'm just about to start singing. <laughs> oh, Vaughan, well, you've got a lovely singing voice, but your speaking voice... What? What's wrong with my speaking voice? What are you talking about, buddy? Sing, Vaughan, sing. Why? I mean, what's wrong with my speaking voice? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to start running for president. Here are my policies on the Middle East. <laughs> as long as he, he sings, could, he could be he could be president could, of the United States. He could have been the first singing president. Yeah, oh, well, yeah, it could be. Everything was done in song. 
That would be better, wouldn't it? It would, yeah. I think we're onto something here. We're just going to invade your country now. <laughs> Sorry about the uh, scorched earth policy. Boo-boo-boo-boo. <laughs> Oh, Why didn't we blockade in Cuba? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, never mind. Uh, Vaughan. And rather delightfully, a bit of a Scottish connection there. Yes. We do have an affiliation with that uh, fine country. We've hovered, we'd hover, hither, hither, hither. We've hovered over <laughs> Scotland occasionally. Da, da, do, ba, de, do. Uh, we are going to leave you, we're going to allow you actually to drift off into a lovely sleepy state with this next tune. The original version isn't particularly uh, sleepy. This is a version of that great Japanese singer, Kyari Pamu Pamu, who we have featured on, I think we featured on the podcast before. We certainly posted our videos mm. on the website. Some, a startling individual. A startling individual. Massive, massively popular in uh, Japan. All over the world. Over I think she's world. on some sort of tour. Oh, yeah, that's right. I think she's been hanging out with uh, lady, old Lady Gaga, isn't she? Giving her a lesson, I, I hope. But um, she had a big hit with uh, a song called Candy Candy. And uh, MC Maltos, a very clever bit of detective work, found this rather nice version of it. Yeah, there are a couple of versions. I was, I was in, initially tempted by a chiptune version, mm. which is quite good. But then I found this sort of music box version, mm. which is delightful. It is. It's lovely. I defy you not to like this. <laughs> I defy you to stay awake. Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> it, it, this will lull you into a state <laughs> of uh, som, som nom, somnambulance. Somnambulance. <laughs> Am I making up that word? I think you might be. Oh, dear. Anyway, get yourself a big mug of Horlicks and put whatever you put in Horlicks, probably malt whiskey, mm, yes. and uh, enjoy. This is from Angel's Music Box, and it's a cover version of Candy Candy. I have been DJ Dextrose. I hope you still have all your teeth, dear listener, after this week's show. I have been MC Maltos, and I say, pull out your teeth. You don't need them. <laughs> Until next week, dear listener... Sweet dreams.
this, dear listener, on a journey to the farthest flung regions of the musical universe, as next week on Project Moonbase, we head out to the Outer Realms. Thank you.